1: Hello listeners, and welcome to episode 26 of the From the Finney podcast. The voice of reason is back for this one, and Solly's joining us as well. We're going to discuss a great midweek result against the Baggies, another winning draw, answer a listener question or two, discuss the transfer market, and then we'll finish off by looking ahead to another busy week for the boys with away trips to Millwall and Hull. Enjoy! Brownie, you good, mate?
0: Yeah, good, mate, Yeah, yeah. Just about got over... The excitement of yesterday, yeah, good.
1: All, all without a hangover as well, which is good. I know, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I know. I've said in the intro that Solly's going to join us, but looks like Solly's not joining us. Um, however, Jimmy might. So, me and Adam will crack on, and uh, we might have some some uh, new attendees during the pod at some point. Um, yeah, it it's been a roller coaster of a week, hasn't it? Really.
0: Yeah, as yeah. I mean after the the result last week where everyone was a little bit deflated, I think if you'd said at the beginning of the week we'd get four points whichever way around it went, I think people would be happy. Um so yeah, it's been a pretty good week. Yeah, I think
1: most probably would have expected it to be a point against West Brom and three against Bristol City, but like you say, it doesn't really matter how it comes. Um it's a it's a decent enough return from two relatively tough games and it's uh It's form that we need to produce throughout the rest of the season, I think, averaging two points a game, to have any chance of uh, getting into the playoffs, even. I think it is incredibly slim. It's incredibly unlikely that we are going to make a a realistic push for the playoffs, but you never say never.
0: No, you never say never, and you just want to keep things going as long as possible, don't you? There's nothing worse than a season when you just... There's, there's nothing to play for and it's just fizzling out so as long as we can keep it going and give it at least some sort of hope that we're going to get there then that'll be. I'll be happy with that for me this season I think
1: Yeah exactly and I think if you can see building blocks that are being put in place then it gives you hope for the future doesn't it?
0: Yeah exactly yeah and I think that's what it's all about this this period now because we've got so many players that are coming to the end of the the time here. Uh, you'd imagine, and it's a good opportunity to to push on. But uh, you know, you can see that there are there are green shoots of recovery there, aren't there? Definitely.
1: Yes. Spoken like a good politician, there, mate.
0: Yeah. There we go. <laughs> um, yeah. Jim.
1: Jacob. Hello. Um, yeah, and I think as well. It's you mentioned that there's the summer's going to be a, a point where there's going to be a few leave, you know, our contract players. Maybe a bit or two might come in for one or two lads. It, it's the opportunity to to press the reset button
0: as well for the club. Yeah, completely. Yeah, and that's that's like we want. We've got a manager now who we've I think pretty much the majority of people are happy with. We just need to get the players as well, don't we? That will be all right, I think.
1: Just, I know we've not come on to the, the West Brom game yet, but um, Joe Rodwell-Grant's gone out on loan this week and there's a few few other lads that have gone out over the last uh, couple of weeks. Do you think that perhaps those loan moves for those lads should temper expectations for some fans in terms of the level that they should be playing at? Because I know there's a, a lot of and I don't mean this I don't want this to come across as like I'm sounding disrespectful to the young lads but do you think it it, it maybe should indicate that there's there's a level to all this and that even though fans want players to be given op- an opportunity that have come through the academy especially the likes of Joe Rodwell Grant who you know are clearly passionate about North End but do you think yeah do you think it should temper expectations and set a realistic level
2: I think the thing is for me, you know, seven of the lads are now out on loan. You know, do they have a long term future at the championship level? Which is probably my biggest question. Um, you know, you look at the loans, and only two of them are to football league clubs in terms of Josh Harrop and Jordan Story. Jordan Story sounded like he had a good game yesterday. Um, but then, you know, Adam O'Reilly's gone back to Ireland. Lewis Colton's in the nor- Northern Prem. Um, same with Holland Wilkinson same with Rodwell Grant. So I think it's it's good news for them because it gets some game time. Sounds like, um, is it Rodwell Grant who got man of the match yesterday for Brig? Or,
1: yeah, on his um, debut. Um,
2: Lancaster. Rodwell, Lancaster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's that's good news. It's good positive steps because obviously Josh Earl went to Lancaster the season that, before he broke through here. I think it's a lot to ask for an 18-year-old to step up straight away to championship level, especially coming from a Cat 3 academy. And, um, so coming through a cap one where they've probably got a bit more exposure to under 23 football for example maybe a you know a lower football league loan then I think you can sort of say oh, you know what I'm quite excited you can get them in the first team this year but when they're playing Northern Prem which is what tier 6 tier 7 in terms of football pyramid, so 6 6 leagues below us it's hard to jump 6 leagues you know I was speaking to people yesterday about league 2 players as potential targets for the summer and beyond and it's like well the gap between League 2 and the Championship is absolutely enormous now you know you've seen that when Jaden Stockley came to the club you know he was absolutely smashing it for Exeter and just didn't didn't really get going here sadly you know and we pay three quarters of a million quid for him so you know that's jumping two leagues never mind six so I, I think it does temper the expectations in terms of like where these lads are at hopefully you know, they put themselves in the window now, especially with the majority of them being out of contract um, this summer, obviously, apart from Harrop and, Sto- and, um, and Story. So, good luck to them. You know, they need game time, essentially, especially playing men's football, because there's only so many Central League games and new team games you can sort of play to get yourself experience. I think playing men's football is completely different.
0: I think it's difficult for us, because we're in the Championship and the the makeup of our youth team you know if we were in league one or league two you can probably blood these players if, if you could possibly do that um but you know you got to look at i mean peter isdell always says oh well you know under 23s football's not you know i've forgotten what the term he uses but he basically says it's a, a walk in the park and it's not men's proper men's football but you look at Blackburn yesterday they had seven at one point they had seven academy graduates on the pitch you know that's it, that's a proper youth team set up um, that they've got in operation unfortunately we don't have that so we have to loan these players out where we can um, but if they're getting games then it's better than them are not isn't it and if they go out and prove themselves then you kind of move up that ladder yeah But you know, I think that's
2: that's the big thing for me like in terms of under-23s football Blackburn Rovers have got a Category 1 academy you know that that requires a lot of investment a year I think the last term, it was like £5 million a year they have to put in to a Category 1 academy. You know, for us as Cat 3, I think it's about 750 pounds 800000 a year that we put into our academy. You know, so they're making a £4 million quid, well, over £4 million extra investment in there you've set up per year. Then they're going to want rewards from it, aren't they, really? You know, when you see the likes, you know, of, is it John Buckley? Is he the latest sort of name on the... Lips Batman Rovers fans is there's quite a few decent at players to through that at
0: and, as well, what's a good player?
2: Yeah, but. and they used and they used the low market well. You know the is it Van Heck, the guy they got from Brighton, um, Kadera You know they, they use that market well as well to top up their squad. So I think they've got one of the youngest squads in the Championship, Blackburn in the second in the league, which absolutely pains me to say. You know, but they do it in the in a different way. I read something this week. I'll retweet it later. A really interesting article about. Huddersfield's Academy because they went to Category 4 so they basically don't have anything below under-18s now and basically under-18s and under-23s and their output was better than 11 Category 1 academies in 2021 in terms of minutes played by kids that come through the academy or under-18s under-23s which I found really interesting because obviously the investment you have to make at that Category 4 level is minimal compared to the Category 1 so, just in terms of, like, return on investment, it was quite an interesting read.
1: Yeah, give that a retweet. People can keep an mm. eye out for it. Um, we'll talk about West Brom. Brownie, did you go?
0: No, I wasn't there, no.
1: You watch, I assume you watched it on TV, did you? I did, yeah. Yeah. What's uh, What's your thoughts, boys?
0: Yeah, just getting over the
2: bruises from that second goal, to be fair. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I think I'll come on to like more, but I think this week has been a tale of two oppositions. One that was horrendous and lacking confidence and not playing for the manager and just looked devoid of any idea of how to break us down. And then Bristol City yesterday, who we were I thought one of the best teams come to Deepdale this season and had some real talent on show. Um, I sort of got the feeling at West Brom. like I, I said to the lads because I drove and I said like we'll win tonight. I just we're, we're great at being party people, aren't we? Going to places when we're when they're on a run, or when they've got this unbeaten record, or you know the odds are against. us. I think we were six to one or something. Someone said before the game to win the to win the match. I just thought we'll win tonight. Just just like how we're playing, the low factor, all that sort of stuff. You know, our, our midweek record at the minute. I think it's four wins on the bounce, midweeks away from home. I just knew, and the way we were set up, thought it was great. I thought we'll come on to these two again in a bit, but Alan Brown and Ryan Ledson had a, probably their best games of the season. Um, Ryan Ledson, probably his best game in the North Endshire. In all honesty, I thought he was outstanding and just supported really well by you know, the, the front two in terms of Evans and Reese, and then Evans and Archer later on in the game. I just thought we were good. We were very good throughout the night and you know, we can talk about the deflection for Reese's goal, but he's just in the right place at the right time, which is what you want from a striker, as always. Um,
1: something he was being and- maybe not criticised for, but it's a point that people were mentioning early on in his in this season as well, um, and probably just in his time here in general. That he, I think it was quite clear that he had that element of brilliance about him that he could produce something from nothing. You know, we saw it with the goal against Swansea at Deepdale earlier in the season. But I think something that people were starting to sort of point the finger at a bit more was, you know, we want to see these poachers' goals seem be a bit more of a fox in the box. And I think you said it in the group chat yesterday, Jim, that obviously working with Lowe, or maybe it was you, Brownie, actually, he just looks a lot better in and around the box compared to what he did six months ago.
2: Yeah, it was a goal yesterday, didn't we? You know, it's just that he's been in the right place at the right time, which is what you want from a striker. Um, I thought Greg would have had a great game, but <laughs> again, as well as we'll come to in a bit. It's like chalk and cheese in terms of performances from some of the players this week in terms of how good they were midweek and then like, oh God, they were knackered yesterday. Just tell. Um, but yeah, I mean, the first 20 minutes, if you're watching at home on TV as a neutral, you turn it off. It's probably the worst 20 minutes of football I've ever seen. Like, no one could string two passes together. It might be that like Barnes game. Was it Barnes, or rather than last season? When literally the ball turned over so many times in the first 20 minutes, no one could get the foot on the ball. It was just like constant changing hands in possession and like couldn't string passes together. But as soon as we went one in front, I thought, oh, we need to make it two-year sooner rather than later. Got through to half-time, sound, right? regroup. They came out, had five or ten minutes spell, second half, that first five, ten minutes, bringing on Robinson. And then as soon as we got the second goal, I mean, we've managed the game so well. You know, in terms of just killing it. So, yeah, probably, well, it's one of another good away trip under Ryan Lowe. So.
1: He started yeah. well in that regard, hasn't
2: he? I know this is going to sound really strange, but I know there's obviously loads of talk about fan engagement at the minute, and we've banged on about it quite a bit over the past two years on the pod. Just shows that have, by having somebody in, char- in charge of the football club that you can completely believe in, that is how to engage fans more than anything. You know, and that's not dissing any of the work that they do it off the pitch in terms of like the fan zones and all the great stuff we're doing in terms of ticket deals and stuff like that. But having someone at the figurehead of the football club that you can relate to, you can believe in, you can get behind, and you think, we're going to go places under this guy. That's engagement was more than anything. I think there was a thing I've read this morning. We had more fans on yesterday than we had on under any game under Frankie in terms of home fans. Apart from the derby game, which obviously was a ticket deal, so that just shows like I think it was six hundred up on the next nearest home attendance of the season. So we've got eleven, I think it was about eleven three yesterday in terms of home fans. You know, we were dipping under nine, under ten, sorry, going we into sort of the nines under, of home fans under the at times. And it's like we've got someone now in charge that has rejuvenated the fan base. You know, he's only been here seven weeks. <laughs> I mean, <It's laughs> I always to- imagine it
1: like what he's what he's come in and done and how he's turned things completely around and we it feels it just feels good like the feel good factors create I don't want to say it's back but it's, it's coming back you know we're on that no, we're on that right path where it's coming back and you can see the light at the end of the tunnel and you can see the direction that everyone's pulling in together
2: I think it is back Jay people I, I, I know I said after the Bournemouth game where like you can relate to some of these players but I think these last What has he been in charge now? Seven games. Like, you can just see it. You can just buy into the players and what they're doing and and how they're working for each other and working for the team and working for the shirt. It just, that engages us as fans more than anything. You know, and it's great that we're, we're doing ticket details, you know, half price bevies in the fan zone last night. You know, all the extra things to add into it. But ultimately, if your team's playing well, you've got a manager you can believe in, players you can believe in, that engages us as fans more than anything.
1: Could you say that we're um we've got momentum? No, because Solly will kill me. Pallet well, is in the
2: waiting room, by the way, because he's turned up 20 minutes late to record yeah, the podcast. I was
1: just gonna say we'll uh, we'll invite him in and we'll let him talk about whether or not the club has momentum.
0: I wonder I if he can build him. on any momentum in this podcast now. You're joining late.
2: <laughs> I can't wait for him to hear his first question.
1: Sorry? Sorry
3: about that. When um okay. we went out in Croston last night,
1: Ooh.
3: after the uh, unexpected equaliser,
1: that's um, um, an interesting choice.
3: Well, yeah, I went there during lockdown. It was really good. A place of bouncy, a little bit of live music. So we thought, oh, have not been for a bit. Let's go to Crossford tonight. A bit of a out the box call. We went, and the place was a little bit dead. It was disappointing. Yeah, they've got the impression they don't like outsiders as well. So. Yeah.
1: Solly, so, we're going to kick off. Do you think um, Do you think the club has got momentum at the minute? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what absolute nonsense this is. Just to give you some context <laughs> on that, we were just talking about like the feel-good factor coming back, being able to buy into players again, and obviously the results picking up, the football changing.
3: Yeah, I think it's... I think we've got a lot of confidence around the place, haven't we? I think it's a lovely place to be. It looks a really good environment to be a part of in terms of players. I know I certainly enjoy going on North End at the moment. Um, you know, It's a joy to be there. West Brom was brilliant, the carnival atmosphere uh, yesterday. We were dreadful, really. I take it you've spoken about that already. But- no. Oh, I are mean we not? Oh, brilliant. No. What time to join. Um so have you started the podcast or not? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, right. Um, (laughs) um, Yeah, so back to that momentum nonsense, my problem with that sort of rhetoric is where where did the momentum go after the Swansea game? Or where did the momentum go when we conceded yesterday? And then when we had the momentum yesterday, how could we then go and concede yesterday? And then how could we regain that momentum by equalising? fundamentally, Ollie made a really good point in our WhatsApp group yesterday, didn't he? Where he said, are we playing slightly better because we've replaced, and this is no disrespect to any of them, two of our least effective players. Cunningham's played two games in a week, was asked to play a third. He's come off at half-time, not quite got the legs he once was. He was outstanding at West Brom. How much does that take? out of him. Um, and then, obviously, we brought off Ledsen, who, again, brilliant at West Brom. Another potential hangover, because he couldn't actually p- pass to a player playing in white yesterday. We brought on McCann and Earl, who you could argue are better players than them. So we started to play better. A football team is only as good as the sum of its parts. When you start playing better football players, you are going to start playing better and start winning games. Is that is that not the case? I don't believe in this momentum nonsense. Feel free to attack me on Twitter if you listen to this thinking I'm talking rubbish. We can have a debate.
2: Well, that was a good bite.
1: Um... I couldn't couldn't <laughs> wish for a better entrance, to be fair. No,
3: no, yeah. no. <laughs> can I just say it's a pleasure to be on with uh, Adam Brown. It's my first time being on a podcast with him. No, uh, is it? I admire his thoughts. That's
0: yeah. no, it a is. pleasure as well. The most uh, the most eloquent man in uh, Preston, I think you are, right <laughs> I've read your articles, mate. Uh,
3: well, thank you very much. i very kind. It <laughs> means a lot more coming from you, Adam.
0: Oh, yeah. It's true. No, I right,
1: no, can't stop kissing could... <laughs> each <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, we'll, we'll finish talking about the West Brom game. I think the... Came a point in the first half where me and George were saying to each other, we, we need a goal here. You know, we need to make this sort of, the way we're playing, I wouldn't say total dominance, but we were dominating in parts of the first half. It just felt like we needed a goal just to make that count. And obviously it came through uh, some good build-up play. And then
0: Emil Reese just nodding it home. It was a really good goal, wasn't it? <laughs> it's just, you know, it was a great move. Um, I thought Evans... Evans was out towards the left, but I thought Evans had an unbelievable first half of the other day. It was unreal. A little bit of skill he did in the middle of the pitch, didn't it? even though he had that in him. It um, took like
1: three West Brom players completely yeah. off pitch,
0: didn't he? I think he misplaced the pass, or he didn't play the right pass after anyway. But yeah, so the, but the goal, yeah, it was a great play. Um, and we were touching on Reese like before about how he his, his, his work in the box seems to have improved and it's a tapping for him, isn't it?
3: Uh, I actually thought we started the game really poorly first quarter of an hour was more or less how we played yesterday in the first half um, but we sort of snapped out of that I think we realised that West Brom weren't much good and, uh, 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 and we obviously built confidence or as Jimmy would say we built the momentum and um, just went from there uh, but yeah and that sort of 75 minutes uh, uh, after the start was about as well as we've played since peak out of Leal days really
0: I don't think we've started well under low most games I think there's, there's been a little bit of a, a lull in most of the games where we've started and it took us a while to get going when you look at it like back to what Neil where we used to come out of the trap some games and we'd be you know smashing teams early on I think we kind of struggle in most of the games to get into it yesterday that's a good point, example, actually.
2: That's a good point because I don't think we've scored that many first half goals under low so far at all no. I'm just I'm just flicking through the games. Patrick Bower scored after half an hour um, against Birmingham. And then we scored after forty one minutes against um West Brom. They're in the seven games he's had in charge, there is only two first half goals.
1: To be fair, it's a small uh, it's a small sample size, isn't it? And he just you know, he said the team is about sixty percent of where he'd want it to be, so
2: we've scored eleven goals and we've scored two in the first half, nine in the second half. So that shows to me at the minute, that whilst it's a small sample size, I get that we, there's a little bit more work that we can be doing in terms of first halves. But to be fair, yes, we'll come to yesterday in a bit, but it's like they just, they, their press has knackered them out and then we took advantage of it. So maybe it's attack, maybe maybe it's, a, it, it's done by design.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a possibility, isn't it? I suppose it's maybe something that we revisit at the end of the season see where we're at when we when he's had like half a season. Um uh, in terms of the West Brom game, Solly, you were entertaining to watch at times. Um can't miss Why? you with, can't miss you with your blue jacket.
3: Yeah, I need a new jacket there. That's becoming a um a bit of a joke amongst me mates so I they keep coming up to me saying have you got a new coat? Well <laughs> I've I've literally had that coat since about twenty fifteen. I think I wore it to the playoff final in twenty fifteen. So that needs to, that needs to be out really. But why? What was I doing?
1: Just, just gesticulating at the at the referee and <laughs> opposition players. It was entertaining to watch at times, but yeah, I mean, just on the fans. Like, I thought, first couple of minutes, I thought the 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 whole place was a bit quiet. You know, each side was sort of feeling each other out a little bit, and after that, we we just were incredible, absolutely ridiculous noise from. Minute two or three to right to about two or three minutes after the final whistle. Yeah,
2: great support. Right. We like midweekers, sorry. Jake. No, we like midweekers, don't we? We've had quite a few good midweek trips over the years. There's just something special about night games, for me. Yeah, I absolutely. I love it, night games. I, I, I'm a big fan. It's something just, um, special about them. Yeah, especially West Brom. Like it's, in, it's a nice ground at West Brom. It's very similar to Deepdale. You know lights you can see walking up to the ground, you know, obviously they were just all whinging on the way to the into the stadium. You know, it's stuff like that. You think, got a chance here. And then like, it's just, yeah, it was just so flat from their point of view. I just thought, I was just whilst we were good, I was incredibly disappointed with how bad West Brom were. Just thought, when you look at the talent they've got in their team, God, they're underperforming. You know, that's just and obviously they got beat again yesterday, two second time in a week. He is a man on the brink, but shame we couldn't put the knife in.
3: Yeah, it's back to the fans. Uh, Ryan Lowe spoke about how he thought there was eighteen hundred in uh, to the club media, which is testament to the fans really, because I think there's only a thousand, weren't there? But about
2: thirteen
3: hundred, I think it may. Yeah, made noise like there was more. So yeah, it was a really good way to be part of that. I still think the chants need to be a little bit better. Isn't it? You know, we could we could come up with more witty chants than we do.
1: Yeah, chants have been a bit stale, haven't they, for a few years? To be fair, yeah, we need to rip up the songbook now and start again. Uh, do we? Do we need a song committee? Well,
3: oh my God, and the big G on Twitter uh, tried to start this, didn't he? Uh, he tried to start Preston. I think it was Preston Hymn Club or
1: something like that. <laughs> never, it never got off the face. I wonder why. Um, yeah, I mean, West Brom was just, however you look at it, it was a good night, good result, and ended with another Ryan Lowe fist bump, which is, you know, what's not to like. Not
0: yeah. That. The fans were going for it yesterday, weren't they? So, wait, who's going to do it? I thought, 2-2 two, two draw, probably not. Not the best time to be doing it.
2: Pull on Jurgen Klopp,
3: getting a better yeah, point yeah. at home. I yeah. know, yeah, He really would get likened to Klopp there, wouldn't he?
0: In terms
1: of yesterday then, um, we just didn't get started at all, did we? It was it was a painful Would you say Jim, would you say it was more painful than the start of the West Brom game to watch? Um, no, because the opposition was better.
2: I think in terms of general football, the West Brom game was horrendous that first twenty minutes. If you're new neutral watching the game, I thought Bristol City came out of the traps well yesterday. So I just thought they were really good, you know. And you know, obviously, Masengo has had a lot of praise on Twitter. My phone it's buzzing last night, which really wound me up. Um, so I only put a tweet out, and it's now got 900 likes. And literally, I get my tweet notifications to my watch. <laughs> Not happy last night. But um, the tweet, you? I, I, I didn't want to do that. But yeah, apart from that. You love likes on Twitter, that's why. <laughs> fishing for likes. No, that's not me, mate. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, Somehow, um, Alex Scott, the 18-year-old in the middle of the park, who's got an absolutely amazing career ahead of him. Thought he was he, he excellent. Was mighty impressive, wasn't he? Eighteen yeah. year old from Guernsey. I didn't I didn't know where they got him from, but um Mick mentioned like they're going from Guernsey and they've just got another one in who's going through in the twenty-three setup. But um Steve Lansdown, down owner. He lives on Guernsey. So apparently there's a link that way to, to getting him, but he was very good. 25 uh, 25 appearances at 18. Yeah, you're gonna have a good career. Kid. Um I just thought they were they were a good setup. You know, the way they pressed us that first hour of the game, they just nullified us, and it was it was really impressive. Get let us have nothing short from goal kicks, literally locked onto us right across the park. And Semenyo and Brown, oh my god. He's gonna wake up this morning with Brownstone in his pocket, I think. You know, that was just like the complete performance I've seen from a, a central midfielder at this level in a long time. Um I don't you know, it could have been two nil, couldn't it? You know, Wyman's missed from six yards when it's probably harder to miss than than score. You know, he's put it wide when the goal's there to be the goal's gaping. So like if it's two 0 at that point, then I'd have fears for us a little bit. But the longer it was one one nil, the more I thought we've got a chance here you've got a chance and then lo and behold, you know, a moment of magic from Cameron Archer. I thought we started the second half well, by the way. I thought his changes were good at half-time they were needed. You know, as we mentioned, Ledson and Brown, Cunningham, just leggy, just knackered from Wednesday night, it seemed. No detriment to them. You know, the absolute, all three of them put a shift in on Wednesday and there's a little bit of a hangover, weren't it? But, great to Low, got his subs spot on. Thought, McCann was, was great. In terms of when he came on, just battled, you know, that tackle that led to the second goal. It's just like, God, that this might be your catalyst now to kick on under, low like, you I know, that's not
1: been what... I was just going to say, yeah, you you mentioned Alan McCann. I had a point on my, my list to, to bring him up. Do you think his second-half performance yesterday warrants him being given a, a start, at least, in the next game?
2: Well, I'd start him on Tuesday at yeah. Probably, if if Leedson's if knackered, then, yeah. Put him in. Thought we missed DJ though yesterday. Uh, you know, I we probably could have done with him Tuesday, uh, Wednesday night, sorry, at West Brom. But yesterday was the first game. I thought, God, we missed DJ today. He's um, back
1: for uh, Millwall, isn't he? Whether he gets no, is he not?
0: No, no he's missing games three games, games. He's
2: missing. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. So he, he comes back in on uh, for the whole game. But yeah, it, it was just one of those games where you'd absolutely, at 90th minute, two one down not exactly playing great, you snap your hand off for a point. And it's just another moment of magic in it. So yeah, happy with the point. Not the greatest performance, but some you win, some you know, if you if you're not gonna win the game, just make sure you don't lose it. So
1: should we talk about yeah. the big horse? Oh, excellent yesterday.
2: He's been excellent in both these last two games.
1: Yeah, to be fair, been, I think every every time Lowe's selected him, I don't think he's really put a foot wrong. I know he got hooked in one one of the games, but I think I, you know I never look back at to a specific game under Lowe so far and think Potts has had a shocker or he's not done this or he's not done that. I think he's he's probably been like six, seven out of ten most of the games that he's played at least.
3: Yeah, he's been good. I think um, I think it's obviously um, an area where need to strengthen. But testament to his performance, is it's not as urgent as it may have been. So you know, how many days of the window have we got left? One or two?
2: Closest
3: to Yeah, I'd, I don't look at the right wing back position and think we urgently need a replacement there. Uh, and that's because Potts has been brilliant there. Uh, so yeah, uh, long may that continue because I think I think we're a better team when we get him in the team. Uh, I think I think he he offers his something a little bit different. I like Potsy. He's had, he's had a lot of unnecessary stick over the years, but I'm glad to see that he's playing well for us now.
0: Yeah, he's, he's not technically, he's not, he's not in the team for his technical abilities. It? It's his running right. and his, you know, yeah. off the ball work kind of, that, that goes unnoticed a lot of the time. Um, I think yesterday, bringing McCann on help, because I think Mc Whiteman and Ledson were just too static. And we had no movement in midfield at all. So it forced us to go over because they put a press on. But half the time we had a whole team was just stood in a line up front. Mm. It was like schoolboy football. And the ball was just coming straight back every time. We're bringing McCann on. We had a lot more movement in midfield and we could play play through him a little bit more. And then Earl was a bit of an option money out wide to help out. So the changes were perfect um, going into the second half.
3: Yeah, the midfield was a bit hectic yesterday. The whole game, uh, it was like the ball was a hot potato. They wanted to get rid of it uh, instantly, you know. Um, we've, we've spoken about it already, but if uh, if Brown plays against Miss, Miss Hengo again, then it'll be too soon because uh, I've never seen anybody get p- p- pocketed like that since Ben Pearson would uh, would do the same as one position plays. Uh, it was a ridiculous performance by him. I thought, I thought it was terrific.
2: Yeah, we totally agree. It's interesting how we set up yesterday in terms of split strikers. You know, our, our, our strikers weren't central; they were, v- they were very much playing on the the outside of the right and left side of centre halves, which I found quite interesting to try and give Brown space. It seemed like in a in a, in a ten roll, but it just meant that if the ball, if the ball broke down through Brown, they would just they, they swamped us and maybe in hindsight it was probably a little bit of a tactical tweet we could have made earlier but you know it's you've got to give a lot of credit to Bristol City yesterday but when you've got what how much did they pay they can pay up to 7.2 million can't they for um, Masango yeah. and then Semenyo they paid 5.5 million for
1: I mean did Semeno, I thought Semenyo came through their academy or did they pay to bring him into the academy and then he's come through that
2: way I thought they
1: paid money for him I mean, let's be honest, it's more likely that I'm wrong.
2: Well, I don't
3: know. No, you want the Christmas
1: <laughs> quiz with her, Jake. Very true, So no, Thank you for reminding no. me about Jake,
2: that. Jake, you are right. Who did they pay five and a half million for then? Was it the guy they've just released? Deju?
0: Yeah, Deju, yeah.
2: That's it. Yeah, Sorry. I apologise to all some of fans out there. Um, but yeah, that Miss They pay. I think they've paid three million quid so far, but it can rise up to 7.2. I mean, when when a kid's made in a Champions League appearance for Monaco at the age of seventeen, you know they've got something about them. But yeah, fair play to him. He was he was very Obviously, good.
1: Obviously, everyone was talking about him yesterday. Like the people that I sit with on the on the Finney were like, oh, fucking, hell, who's this kid?" Blah blah blah. And I think he's he's actually played against us about three or four times, hasn't he? And he's
2: always been decent.
1: Yeah, but yesterday was just there. Well, it was it was his best performance against us probably, ever. He's, he's 20, twenty, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Feels like he's been around for yonks, doesn't yeah. it? Like you know, you you don't miss that hair, do you?
3: So, and it highlights uh, our our lack of DJ because you know Johnson's able to just take that extra moment on the ball that others don't, um, and he's able to play a pass that others can't. So yeah, I'm looking forward to getting Johnson back in the team. Although we didn't miss him at West Brom particularly, but 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 all of the midfield played better than the naturally capable of.
1: Do you think as well that that might be the way that the opposition set up was meant that we didn't miss DJ that much with the players that we had in there? Yeah, perhaps, potentially.
3: Um, yeah, I think DJ's always going to be better against a team uh, trying to press him because he can make a real impactful pass, like to break the lines. So potentially, Jake, yeah.
0: The other night we played a lot more long balls, didn't we? Really, kind of just missed out midfield. so you didn't really need Johnson. Whereas yesterday we kind of needed someone to get on the ball, like a bit more composure. Because I think we tried to increase the intensity in the second half, but it just made us sloppy at times. We were just giving the ball away or trying to play it too quickly. And then, you know, that next minute they count on us, which I think for the last goal... Is it Sepp tries to play it into Evans, doesn't he, I think? And it just gets cut out and then they go through. And then Brown, who who looked completely knackered from the minute one yesterday, gets done and then, then they score.
1: I think with Brown as well, he lost a few. Like They probably weren't even 50-50s. They were probably like more in his favour than um, Masengo's, but Masengo's come in and just sort of like brushed him aside and almost like pushed him around a bit and... It, that seems to have like knocked him, in. And, and that happening early on. You know, I think it set the tone for for Alan for the rest of the game. But I think you know he's been brilliant for the last two, three, maybe four months. So yeah. you know, and the amount of football he's played with DJ not being at the club over the last couple of weeks, he, you know, we're not going to get on his back.
0: We're playing three games a week at the minute, so you know, we're not got the best squad in the world. So it's going to play its part.
1: Yeah. Um, boys, unless you've got anything else you want to say, then I think we can go to a break. No, mate. Cool. Right. I'll see you in part two. Welcome back to part two of the From the Finney podcast. We'll answer a few listener questions. We've got a little bit on the transfer window and then we'll preview the week ahead. Boys, we'll go We'll go straight in with listener questions again. Uh, this one's from Callum Gill on Twitter who asks, is Emile Reese one of the best strikers we have had in the championship? And before we answer that question, uh, are you in the doghouse Jim?
2: Yeah, I'm going to shoot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thanks for coming on, mate appreciate it no,
2: it was good first half yeah I'll, I'll listen to the second half tomorrow
1: no worries mate see you in a bit happy transfer right. window
2: <laughs> yeah just for context
3: during the during the half-time interval uh jimmy's missus came in and said that she thought that he might be working because she wants him to put some curtains up she thought she thought he might be um Sort of halfway to doing so, but she walked in, and he was—he was on the podcast. So I don't think he's doing a podcast instead.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> anyway, back to uh, back to Callum's question. I think he's a—I think he's a real enigma, Reese, because I think I look at him at times. I think that you're one of the worst players I've ever seen, and then he's got that—he's got that sort of. Um, instinctive like phenomenon about him where he can just pluck something out of mid-air i.e. the goal yesterday it's bizarre Uh, I think his numbers uh, obviously what is it has he equal him out 16 isn't it 16
0: in all comps
3: is that the most since Dave Nugent in
1: 06 I think it's the most
0: Yeah,
1: it it equals Nugent's doesn't it yeah I think it, it equals it
0: Oh, in all competitions, didn't Nugen get closest to like twenty? I don't know.
1: Yeah, possibly. I think lots, if we all lots, got... of, lots of good prep gone into this episode, I suppose. I just walk up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your um... substitute's just been <laughs> bigger into the doghouse.
3: Um, yeah, I think, I think if we all got offered like Nugent, like when he used to play for us before he went to Portsmouth. Like, he's taking Nugent every day of the week, but is that like, is that just nostalgia talking here? Because, because his numbers are, like, a ridiculous race. But again, like, it, it, the best part about Reese's is, is that he's got so much to improve. Like, he could, be, like, like, if he, if he sharpens up his hold-up play, if he's slightly better off the ball, like, this guy could go to the top, but, is bizarre. Talk to me, Adam. You're the voice of reason.
0: So, 17 in all competitions, Nugent that year. 15 in the league. So he's got a little bit, a little bit to go on that front. Um, he's just a strange striker. I said yesterday, even his celebrations weird. Like there's just, there's just like there's just something about him that's just not a normal type of striker. It's just very odd. Um, and like. Like Soly says, in terms of like sometimes you're pulling your hair out, going, come on, like his his apparent inability to win a, a header, a long ball header, is just strange as well. Um but like you say, he can pull something out like that. So in terms of one of the best strikers we've had in the championship, he probably is one of, but he's definitely not the best in my eyes, you know, Nugent, Fuller, even Macken in that, that first season in the in the championship were um Better strikers in my eyes. And yeah, I just, I don't know. At half time, like, but Dan Conkles, people were just slagging him off. Like, and you're like, this is a guy who's got so many goals this season for us and, and he's getting Olly, slagged off.
1: Ollie summed it up perfectly for me yesterday in the group chat when he said, a club like Preston North End can't afford to drop a 14 goal a season striker or a 14 goal season striker because that's what he was on, obviously yesterday prior to the game and I think he's bang on you know we've been crying out for yeah, someone well, that can come in and and hit double figures at the very least and we've got that and then you've got people saying oh, he needs to be dropped
3: well yeah that whole conversation just tells you like all you need to know because like he's, he's a, des- a divisive figure isn't he because like Evans has been outstanding recently Um uh, and really, it was a toss-up yesterday if he, you were dropping for Archer for if he was to start. And despite Reese's goals, it's bizarre. With It's it's a real a real conundrum, I think. I, I just don't understand him. But as long as he keeps scoring, then you know, he can yeah. continue not to understand him. Yeah. You never have anyone <laughs> saying
0: we should drop Nugent, would you? You never know one person oh, saying that. That conversation even took place. Garner,
1: Fuller, never would have happened. Beckford. Maybe Beckford, yeah. Just at the start, <laughs> yeah. Do you remember um, the other striker we got on loan from Boland that scored a hat trick in his first game for us? Kevin, uh,
3: not Kevin, something Craig. Davis, wasn't it?
1: Craig, Craig Davis, Davis it? Yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: He was a, he was a real powerhouse. He had uh, tattoos like the Rock as well. He was decent.
1: Yeah, he was. To be fair, he was all right. Um, next question. This one might be uh, one that gets carried on to Twitter when the when this episode gets released because I think it's actually quite a good one. I'm actually going to put it as one of the best questions we've had on the pod, and it's from the nice and, and anonymous at PNEFC Tom on Twitter, who asks if you could have any one of our loans back permanently, who would you pick? And I'm going to limit it to our lifetimes. Like we we're all we've all seen a similar number of p seasons between the three of us?
3: Well, I presume Tom Mell in the current crop. So, i will give two answers. Uh, I just need to think of them. I think, I think I'd keep Pickford if we're talking about my lifetime. My lifetime low to keep. Well, like obviously, you've got McGeady and Ian, uh, uh and others. But, I just think I just think he was amazing pictures. So I'll go with him. My current one, I always just think it was Iverson, but I've changed a little bit recently. I think I think Lowe gets a little bit annoyed by his weakness, which is, which is the ball at his feet. And I do as well a little bit. He's obviously a great shot stopper yesterday aside uh, for their second um, I'm gonna go with Sep. I think uh, I think if we had him, uh, if we have him on a permanent basis, he could go down as like a Ben Pearson type player for us.
0: This crop definitely Sep, and I agree on Iverson. I think even if Iverson was available again next year, I wouldn't be surprised if Lowe went elsewhere. If I'm honest, just because just because of the. The way he's, he really struggles, well, he's struggling, he's learning, obviously, but in terms of playing out from the back and his kicking's not not fully up to scratch when you compare it to someone like Pickford, who you mentioned. Um, in terms of lifetime, I don't think I've enjoyed, well, I enjoyed a solo performance as much as I did weekly with Aidan McGeady. I don't think, I, I just, watching him play was just... Unbelievable at times for a club like us to have someone like that and a talent like that on show every week. I'd, I'd happily pay my ticket just to see him on his own if we finish mid-table every season. So, I think McGeady.
1: I think current crop. I, I agree with both of you. It'd be set for me um, when he came in. I, I had my doubts. He looked very sort of gangly. Very
0: well, he was. He is. He
1: is a kid, isn't he? You know, he looked. He looked like someone that might struggle to deal with the physicality of the championship, but he's. I think he'd probably be the first to tell you this as well. But I think he's this loan has turned him from a boy into a man in terms in like in football in terms. Um, he just gets better every week, you know. He's he's just really impressive, and I think I would probably go. I'd probably go with you, Solly, and go Pickford. When we had him, if if we could have signed him permanently, that that's our goalkeeper sorted for however long we can keep hold of him. And he was just immense. Also
3: how much money did he go to how much money did he go to Everton for? Was it
1: thirty mil?
0: Yeah, it was like twenty seven
3: or something like that. Yeah. There was something big. Yeah. He weren't bad, were he? <laughs> no, not easy.
0: at all.
1: Um, tough question
3: I'm interested to hear it's, it's a very short. good
1: question isn't it yeah Um. yeah let us know on Twitter let us know current crop or recent crop um, and then like the lifetime that you've been watching North Who you'd bring back I'll tell you another shout would be for me Lucas Nemecha for years we've been shouting out for we need a, a striker that's going to get double figures at least and I think it was clear to me, at least, that he had bags of potential, and you know he was always good enough to um, to become what he's become today. And you know his record at Anderlecht and his record at Wolfsburg. You know he's played for the German national team. I'm not saying he'd have reached those heights with us, but yeah, I think he's probably a close second for me behind Pickford, Lucas Nemecha.
3: Yeah, I think it's not a bad shout. But I just sort of think you're gonna base it on on the performances they put in for us. Now the metro was good for us. Like he was obviously like you could tell he had so much ability and talent. But I just think I think it's a good point. I just think um off the basis of what he did for us, he probably wouldn't get in too many people's lists.
1: Yeah, that's fair enough. I understand that. Um Let's let's cover the transfer window briefly. Um, obviously, this comes out on deadline day. We've brought in Cameron Archer to date. Do you think maybe Ryan Lowe's looked at the squad and thought, I can get through the rest of the season with what I've got if we don't manage to bring anyone in? Do you think maybe that's why it's been so quiet? Do you think we'll bring maybe one or two more in before deadline day comes and goes um, outside of Derby? Because obviously... We can sign the r b at any point he's a he's a free agent
0: um I don't know I' <laughs> think get get the rb in yeah, is that the reason why we've been freeing up a bit of space to get him in or is it to get more people in as well I think wing back areas are obviously an issue that still needs to be resolved um whether that be a loan, probably likely a couple of loans there, but I can't see anything too drastic. Um, unless anything crops up that's that's a complete bargain, or or that we think, you know, what it's too good to turn down.
3: Yeah, I completely agree. I think I think it'd be nice to improve uh, in uh, areas. Uh, I think the most the most urgent of them, it's not necessarily urgent, but like it'd be nice to get a left wing back in. Um uh, I think I think that's the one position that if you offered loan now, that you could bring in one more player. I think he
1: would get like his his Oxford left wing in probably, yeah, I agree, um like you said, it's not urgent, but it's probably the one area that I suspect not just right and low, but the majority of fans would agree that it's the one area yeah we could we could do with one body at least before the end of the season.
0: one interesting thing is if Barky was fully fit and he had been fit this season. What would be what would we be talking about this January in a similar way to what Fisher last season? I think the fact that he's injured at the minute and he's not had a great season means that there's nobody really looking at him at the minute. So will that mean that we get his contract sorted once the window closes, or is he, or are we just going to wait till the end of the season and release him? Interesting yeah, thing to watch. Yeah
3: it's, a, yeah, it's a great point because I think we're talking about it before the start of the season that, that it's a big month, January and it's got kind of, kind of a bit like a damp squid for him, because... Uh, you might
1: honestly... want to correct yourself there, Soli, <laughs> you will get picked up on that on Twitter, Jimmy's made that mistake before. What? What is it? What's Damp squid, not damp squid.
3: I don't care, I presume... I, I prefer damp squid, so if I want to say damp squid, come at me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... It's an interesting one, because... Uh, because... And before the start of the season everyone wanted him to sign on and then he's had a trouble campaign injuries wise, not necessarily affected as much as he could have on the pitch. And now it's more of a question of whether you'd want you'd want to renew him. Um as opposed to letting him go for f- free in the summer. I'd personally like to keep him, I think he's great. I think I think if you get him fit and play well then Crikey are a lot better team with him in it. But I suppose there are doubts about whether he'll ever get back to his best.
0: Yeah, I think it's an important window for Ethan Walker as well, because he's he's out of contracts in the summer after initial start where everyone was excited, he got a decent loan, moved to a league two club, and then it's kind of gone downhill for him, hasn't it? So if we get him a decent loan, I think it's last chance for him, really.
1: He has had uh, a few injury issues, hasn't
0: he? I think was yeah. it a collarbone problem or a rib problem or something. Yeah, because I suspect the o- the O'Reilly loan is will be made permanent at some point. I'd imagine as well. Yeah, he's um, he's not cut a happy figure, has he recently, uh,
1: Adam O'Reilly? No.
3: What did Ryan Lowe come out with in a presser recently? He said that if you've not played for Preston North End and you've been here for years, then
1: Are you ever gonna really? It wasn't it wasn't verbatim. Yeah. got
3: he's spots on, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, He's
1: he's probably he's probably questioning the fact that maybe some players don't have the desire to play football. You know, they might have contracts here that they're they're happy with, they're comfortable with, they're not pushing to, to get starts week in, week out, they're just happy to sort of plod along. You know, I'm not saying that is the case, but that could be the case. That could be what he was alluding to.
3: He mentioned comfort zone, didn't he? Yeah. You know, comfort zone coming into training every day. Here. And that's not just the young lads. He could he could be talking about other experienced pros who aren't playing at the minute.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think people can probably suss out one or two that he might be referring to there. So, do you, do you, do you envision... Let me try that again. Do you envisage that it will be a quiet end to the window for us?
0: I'd imagine so, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'd be,
3: I'd be really surprised.
1: I mean, obviously, I mean, you never say never, beginning. do you? On
3: sorry, Solly, go on. I said, imagine we pluck out a begi,di now we'd be, we'd be flying towards the playoffs,
1: wouldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you never say never, obviously, the I mean, deadline day because anything can happen, things can crop up last minute and whatnot. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you too. I'd be surprised. In terms of Millwall on Tuesday, are you going, Solly? Absolutely. Are you on Caught the? Late. the the two, the big do train with uh, Jimmy.
3: No, I'm not the train. What's what's his plan? Is he? I actually he don't know if then?
1: he's going on the train. I'm just, I just meant like. Yeah, I'd be stumped if he's going on the train. No, uh, we're driving, so
3: we're driving to Stanmore, they get the train in, and then back. You confident? I don't see why not. Like we spoke about earlier, there's something special happens midweek especially to choose it in London it's it's a, it's a real treat for mid midweek fanatics like myself so, so we go fortunate. to London well uh, London's one of them that you don't necessarily want midweek because it's a great day out on a Saturday but when they come I quite like the idea of them coming once in a blue moon I've not got a problem with that
1: um, are you going the game
3: though it'd be a real tough game won't it sorry
0: oh, Peterborough's next away for me that's one to tick off, um, so yeah, I'm not going. Yeah, yeah, everyone's you... going
3: to Peterborough, aren't they, seemingly? don't know it's if I am. Away. Well, you've not been south of Birmingham, Jake, so I'd be surprised.
1: <laughs> All right, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am going to Hull on Saturday, but we'll come on to that. That's not south of Birmingham, is it? No, it isn't. It's <laughs> very northeast of Birmingham. Um, yeah, Millwall has been, well, poor. The last eight games, they've won three, lost five.
0: Yeah, and well, one of the ones they won, won was West Brom at home, which I know we played well the other night, but they're not in great form, are they? Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Solly. I think I think if we played them when we were supposed to play them, um, I'd probably be feel a little bit different, because I think they were top half and they were about eighth or something, but they're down to 15th now, so they're not in great form. And... You know why not? Let's get at him, and I'm pretty sure I think we'll win. To be fair, two one. Getting in the early with yeah.
3: Serious confidence. I love it. I like it. I fancy it. I fancy the two one.
1: What are you saying, Tom? Yeah, are you saying Two one as well.
3: Uh, I think it's always a tough game going there. Uh, you're always going to take a point, but yeah, I with I with Adam Brown two one.
1: Incredible confidence. Um, uh, I'll go one 0 North End. Another clean sheet yeah. midweek, clean sheet for Ryan Lowe and his boys. Yeah, and then obviously another away trip next Saturday off to uh, off to Hull. Are you, are you both go into that? Are you, well, Brownie, you've just said Peter is next for you, so I'm guessing you're not going to Hull. No. Solly, are we going to yeah, see plan- you up there, are you in the blue jacket.
3: Yeah. yeah, I'd be surprised if I'm not there, I'd be stunned if the blue jacket's not. So yeah, uh, <laughs> I'll be there. They're a um, they're a streaky team, aren't they? They pick up results where you don't expect them to and lose games that you expect them to maybe perform better in
1: so yeah they've picked up as well they've won, won the last three beat Swansea uh, yesterday they beat Bournemouth whole 1-0. form's
3: improving isn't it it's yeah whole form isn't it uh, they beat Blackburn and, and Swansea recently at home so yeah, well, Again, last, it's last four home
1: games though. they've won two drawn one and lost one so yeah it's, a, it's, a, it's a, certainly trending in the right direction for them they performed well against Everton
0: as well, didn't they? in the cup? That was it. Oh.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're not bugs, are they? It's only beat us once this season.
0: Yeah. God, what, what a horrible way to start the
3: season that was. Yeah, but if we're on Tuesday, then we'll have the momentum going into Saturday, so there's no excuse not
1: to win. <laughs> You're exactly right, mate. Yeah, so it should be interesting. <laughs> um, are, you, are you confident again?
0: Not as confident. Yeah, I've
1: I've got a bit of a an iffy feeling about it. It's purely on the schedule, like
3: tough, innit? It's it's tough when you're playing this about games in a
0: week. We seem to be playing at the weekend the majority of the time, but teams that haven't had a midweek game as well, which isn't easy. You know, like the Swansea game, and and then going away again. We got an away midweek. I, don't, I, I just think we'll DJ will be back, which is good. But I just think we'll, yeah, I can see us getting beat, to be honest optimism's gone straight away
3: <laughs> what's going on <laughs> um, yeah I think we'll draw a hole I think we'll beat Millwall 2-1 I think
1: I think it'll be a nil-nil hole I'm gonna go
0: I'm gonna go 1-0 but either way 2-1-nils in a week boring boring press isn't there? I know
3: it's one so if, it, if
0: it's 6 I mean, points then yeah I'd be happy with that
1: like Arsenal, we one nil to the Arsenal. <laughs> to the um, yeah, uh, boys. Unless you've got anything else you want to say, then I think we can wrap up there.
0: Now, good luck with the edit, Jake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: going to yeah. be very fun. Um, I'm glad I woke up. We're glad you woke up because it'd have just been me and Brownie if Jimmy, and <laughs> uh, well, when Jimmy left. Yeah, no, I
3: enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, cheers, mate. Cheers, I've boys. Got-
3: I've got leftover pizza from last night so attack. Ooh, so,
1: what's, so what's, to attack. Oh, what's what's what's
3: on it? Well, it was a tactical decision. I got chicken <sighs> bakoris to eat last night and then always wake up to something in the morning. I think it's important to do so. <laughs> uh I just got chicken chicken and sweet got a little bit of mayo on a pizza. Nothing too extravagant. Just uh, just that. So yeah. Chicken and
1: thought. sweet corn yeah. on a pizza.
3: Yeah, I think it's good to wake up to that. I think it's a nice <laughs> When you're feeling a little bit ropey, I think the sweet corn adds adds something that you need. A little bit of a little bit of juice, a little bit of goodness in your life. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm just a little bit concerned about the mayonnaise. It might be a little bit tough, but we'll see.
1: Especially if it's that cheap takeaway mayo. It might have gone a bit gloopy yeah. overnight. Yeah.
0: I have to update everyone on Twitter after mate. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> If you'd like to know about the mayonnaise, just tweet me and I'll offer a response. yeah cheers boys thank you very much and thank you listener for listening to episode 26 of the from the finny podcast uh didn't say at the start but if you want to support from the finny you can head over to supporter.acast.com forward slash from the finny um if you're listening on an apple device on apple Podcasts, uh you can leave us a review on there if you're listening on spotify on your phone you can leave us a star review on there that's quite a new feature and yeah I'll uh, hand you over to Rhys E spell the Welsh way as I've uh, learnt to inform people so that's R-H-Y-S-E to play us out with our single Wise Man cheers boys thank you very much for your time
0: Hi this is Rhys E and you've been listening to From the Finney Podcast and you can now hear our single Wise Man find us on Spotify iTunes Instagram Facebook Twitter and the Town End Peace and love